everyone. How's it going, everyone? Fernando here with Fernando Lopez Podcast. And today I have the pleasure and honor to introduce you to a new friend of mine, Stephen de la Cruz. He's amazing, upbeat, has so much to share. And I had to ask him, hey, man, can I, can I introduce you to you know, my people? Introduce, can you share some of the knowledge? And he said, yes. Stephen, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. So tell me, I know you're a hypnotist. What is that and why do you do what you do? Yeah. So I am a hypnotherapist, life coach, and business strategist. Um, my favorite thing is people and human behavior. Um, people think hypnosis is like woo-woo or it's like hocus pocus or spiritual, but in reality, it's all scientific. And it's the it's the our mind is made up of two parts, the conscious mind, which is all logic analytics, data, uh, very logical. And then there's a subconscious mind, which is creative, uh, emotional feelings. And, uh, um, and, and that's where we dream and daydream and whatever. So anyway, so those are the two sides of the mind. So we live off of 90 to 95% of the subconscious mind. People think, oh, let me go ahead and uh, communicate to my spouse or my friends at a logical level. But in reality, all decisions are made on the subconscious level. And so we, we back it up with logic. But in reality, the decisions made on the subconscious. So with that being said, I love hypnosis uh, because it's the aspect of it's just getting people to my, my whole motto is say yes. And so um, so getting people to say yes to you, we get more out of life saying yes than saying no. So um, so I come from more of a from the business standpoint. Um, and helping entrepreneurs and business owners uh, get their prospects to say yes. And that's my specialty, superpower. <laughs> that's wonderful. So, you know, as I shared with you, um, I have been practicing hypnosis, you know, since 2004. Yeah. So coming up on like a 20 year anniversary here. Wow. And it's uh, just fantastic. Um, and, you know, yet today or yesterday, today, actually, this morning, I did a hypnosis uh, uh, from Paul McKenna. Nice. Right. And fantastic. And it's just like, it's just so amazing to bring in uh, relaxation. So, for those of you who haven't done hypnosis, highly recommend. It's kind of like the way I experience this, it's you relax your body. There's someone, you know, guiding you first, you know, feel your toes, your legs, or there's all kinds of, you know, relaxation techniques so that the body is relaxed, which is mainly telling the mind to like, hey, there's some information coming in here. Mind, pay attention to say your left hand while there's new information coming in so the mind's not like fighting the new information which you usually are affirmations uh, right and um like in paul mckenna's uh tract today i think he says count you know backwards starting at 300 so you know that's just a perfect you know example as the conscious mind is counting 299 298 he's saying things you know about confidence and self-esteem and self-love so tell, yes. tell us, how'd you get started? With hypnosis? Oh my gosh, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 18 years old. I'm 37 years old now. Um, and so I've always loved sales. My very first business was photography. And uh, at 18 years old, my first time doing weddings, um, I shot 38 weddings 
my sorry, not 38, 48 weddings, 48 weddings my first year. And that's oh. unheard of for the wedding photography industry. Usually people are like doing nine, 10 weddings. We did 48. And oh. people say to me, like, how are you closing these brides and grooms? And you're only 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, shooting weddings, and by the way, I I only shot all automatic. I never shot manual, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I never owned Photoshop. But you know, when it's blurry, I was like, oh, why is the pictures blurry? I'm like, it's called art. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, and so, when I was doing these sales things. People are like telling me as I went along, saying, "Steve, you know what you're doing is you're doing hypnosis. You're doing NLP." You're saying these language patterns and these techniques. And I, I don't know what those are. I'm just doing it because it just makes sense to me. And so then I, I said, okay, you know, let me look into this whole hypnosis, NLP thing, neurolinguistic programming. And that's where I was like, oh my gosh, there's actually a method to my madness. There's actually terminologies and different phrases that are all patterns. So then that's what I studied hypnosis hypnosis is uh doing that then i help a friend of mine i said oh this helps with people with anxiety and depression and stop smoking and when i helped my friend stop smoking i was like i have a superpower <laughs> this is real life magic like it's not it's not magical it's all scientific but you know i really fell in love with that 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 aspect the phenomenon of i can help people and so that's where i just fell in love with it and it's been a student of the mind ever since Man, that's a lot of, you had a gig almost every week for that year. Sometimes one in the morning, one in the evening, we were busy from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We we did elopements. So we, we, I made sure that we had a, our, our contract with the courthouse. I said, Hey, whenever you have elopements for weddings, have them book me. And then whenever, you know, for the week, the weekdays. And then we had, yeah, we had, we, we were, I was hustling like crazy. Fantastic, man. Oh, so good. And you were only 18, right? 18 years old. Yes. All right. So something there, you know, something there in your upbringing, DNA, role modeling, something, you know, gift from the universal God, you know, that you are doing, you know, you're unconsciously competent about this language pattern. So what happened when you started studying and becoming conscious of it? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say it's natural. I don't believe anything is natural. I think everyone has this. The, the natural aspect is the passion, right? That's what makes it natural is we have a passion. Someone's, oh, I'm a natural drummer. No, you're just passionate about it. So learning it was so pleasurable to you that it just became natural because you put the effort in and you wanted to do it. So I wouldn't say I was natural because growing up, we grew up poor. Like, not poor. I wouldn't say that. Not to discredit my dad. But my dad was, we live a lower middle class, middle class life. My dad was in the Navy. So not entrepreneurship at, by any means. My story actually came about was when I was in juvenile hall. I was locked up. <laughs> uh, when I was locked up at 18, I'm oh, sorry, uh, 16 years old. Um, 16, I'm not going to say what it was for. <laughs> 16 to 18, uh, sorry, 16 years old, 17 years old. Then they brought me to a group home. They said, you're going to go to a group home, 18-month program, Alcoholics Anonymous, anger management, drug counseling, you name all the counseling they had for me. And then that's where, um, which is probably the reason why I love therapy aspect of it. Uh, but you know, all the counseling, they told me what my PO said, my probation officer said, before we can graduate you from this 18-month program, you must find yourself a court-appointed mentor. And this mentor, they told me, be careful who you choose, because whoever you choose, that's who you're going to become. And so I said, okay, who is the richest mother ever I know? (laughs) And so we we had a family friend and we said, okay, I'm going to use this person as my mentor. And yeah, so then he became a mentor. He told me, hey, read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that's the book that started me on the journey 
of 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 success and the, the journey of of wow there is a poor way of thinking and there's a rich way of thinking and there's you know it's a matter of just choosing which thinking you want to do we're all going to think but you can think poor you can think rich so i decided to think rich and so from that point just been a student of wealth and success and that's how it all started for me wow fantastic man that book i keep hearing about success stories from that book so you choosing um you know the mentor um you chose to you know look for someone in your life who had money like i could come up with reasons why but can you tell you know the audience why why was that like the most important thing that you felt uh was to find a mentor that had money yeah yeah, because whoever's teaching you, you're all when you're when you're buying into their teachings and their trainings and their mentorship, you're also buying their lifestyle. You're buying who they are, right? You will you will only go as far as they're willing to take you, and they can take you only places that they've been. So for, for me, I said, okay, I want to find someone who now he's not flashy like crazy with a bunch of you know name brand stuff and that and the other. But he has the money. I remember when I was um, 19 years old, filed my taxes at 213,000 for the my for my first uh, my my first tax time tax returns. He, I told him, ah, I'm rich. I have all this money. I made all this money. 48 weddings. He told me like that's not rich. Tell the next bride you have, you're not going to shoot it because you want to go on vacation. It's like if I want to shoot a wedding, I'm not going to get paid. He goes exactly. You're a glorified servant. You're not rich. You're not a business owner. The business owns you that offended me because first off I'm proud of myself and here you are dogging me down but anyways and then what he told me was is that it's not about how much money you have but how much time you have mm. how much time you have is what really makes you rich because time is more valuable than riches than finance money money comes and goes but time does not money, when time passes time passes so that's where he started teaching me to outsource and hire on and then from that point, I was like, okay, I remember he, his, his teaching was very extreme. He said, um, he said to me, okay, he says, if I had a gun to, to, to your girlfriend's head right now, it's Angela, my, my, my wife now, if I had a gun to your wife's head right now, I said, you need to give me $5 million. Can you do that? I'm like, no, I don't have that money. I'm not even close to any of that money. He goes, then your, your wife is dead. I'm like, wait, what? What kind of example is this? And he says, well, okay, let's make it a non, not a realistic thing. Someone says to you, hey, you need this medication. This medication will cost you $100,000. Can you go in and cough it up? I'm like, I mean, I can, but I don't have, you know, it's a lot of my money. Long story short, he told me that money equals power and money equals choices. If you don't have money, you don't have the power, nor do you have the choice. You're at the hands of people who have money. And so it's not about power, like, oh, let's be power and greedy. Like, I honestly don't own a bunch of name brand stuff. I make my own shirts for 25 bucks at T-Shirt Mart here in San Diego. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I, I wear flip-flops and shorts if I can every single day. But um, I'm not a materialistic guy. My wife is, but not me. So the reason why for my reason for wealth is options, to have the options to, to do and what I want, where I want, and when I want. And so not to be locked down to anything. So anyway, so the reason why it was important for me to find someone who had money, because money equals power and and choices and control control of your own life your own destiny right right so that you made the decision that when you were 18 years old right yeah because so, that's so right. yeah i'm curious like what was hap happening in the 18 year old version of you then yeah i mean honestly i i, I was more of just like excited first off to be off of uh 
you know, my group home and free. And so I was like, oh, this is freedom. I have a whole new life. I have this whole new outlook. And so read this book. The guys told me, okay, I read the book. Read the book and it's revolutionary. I mean, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that book was my first interaction with hypnosis because it starts off with a story, right? And story is all about metaphors in your mind and imagination. And so getting hypnotized by by Robert Kiyosaki and Cheryl Lecter, shout out to Cheryl Lecter, good friend of mine. Uh, and she was talking about how they're talking about the story about like, you know, there's the poor kids and there's the rich kids. What are you going to be? And so for me, I was like, okay, I want, I want rich. You know, uh, people say you can't, you know, money doesn't buy happiness, but money can uh, get you in the limo towards happiness. <laughs> oh, nice. I love that. So um, let's see here. Sorry about that. Alarm went off. The sunset alarm, which means go watch the sunset, but it's cloudy here and we're having a podcast. <laughs> um, amazing. So uh, how much time you have, that's the, you know, how you measure success, outsource and hire on, money right. equals power and money equals uh, choices, uh, reach that poor dad, fantastic. Also the glorified servant that if you make a bunch of money, but if you don't have time, glorified servant that's yeah it's huge okay so let's see here where where could we go from here because in 19 you filed taxes two hundred thirteen thousand dollars. most people will never file that much in taxes so you started really really well um and then what happened then after you know that first year and you had that yeah. conversation with your mentor about like you know, two thousand. You know, if you call your next client, that you're not going to show up. What happens next? So, what did you do then, as you started hiring, outsourcing, yeah. and and what so, what happened to taxations after that? So he told me. I told him like like well, if I don't show away. So he told me, you know what? It's better that you know. He told me a lot of people will go and say. Well, I want to shoot the job. I want to do the job, the photography job, because I want the hundred dollars, right? Such an example. He told me, no, no, no. Pick up the hundred dollars, pay another photographer ninety nine dollars. So a majority of it, actually a good chunk of it, and you keep one dollar, and send that guy to do the wedding for ninety nine dollars. This is all example sake, right? It's not the actual mm -hmm. money, the actual amount. And so I said, okay. He goes, I'll do that a hundred times. Now you're able to serve a hundred clients, and you pick a dollar for every one of them. So you have a hundred dollars for doing what? Nothing. And they did all the work. And so I was like, oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that's business. And so that's where he taught me to outsource. But he told me everything you make after this point, in, you know, when I was 19, everything I made, put half of it away in savings. And so I would put half of everything I made. If someone gave me $1,000, $5,000, I put half of it away in savings. Everything I made, put half of it away in savings and not touch it. From 19 to 22, then 22, started flipping homes. And uh, yeah, then we started buying businesses, get involved in different franchises. A lot of businesses flopped, but a lot of businesses also succeeded. And so uh, it was definitely a very fun time being able to do that. Today, though, the way we live is 30, 30, 30, 10. So if someone paid me $100 right now, I live off of $30. I save $30. I invest $30. And then I give $10. The power of tithing. Mm. Absolutely. 30, 30, 30, 10. So let's go into a little bit of those uh, uh, fun lessons. 
from the businesses that flopped. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, take a sip of water. <laughs> Not a whole lot of people will talk about the flops. They want to talk about the success. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you know, I'm not going to lie. A lot of times the flops felt like complete failures. Like, oh my God, I can just beat myself up a lot. Um, but live and learn, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah. Do you have like a, a, a fun story that you can share from one yeah. of those flops? You know, I would say is this aspect. My very first time outside. So I had my mentor. He taught me all this stuff. I started having money. I started getting very cocky. And saying that I don't need help, I don't need mentorship, I don't need guidance. So I was like, I can do this on my own. I can go ahead and so I invested in some um, face cream product. This one person I met at a networking event, uh, he was doing facial cream, like whatever, whatever. So he said, okay, he needs you know this much money in, in into this. So we put money into that, and then long story short, what ended up happening: the person started burning with the money, all the money they had with different investors, and that flopped. And then um, we tried doing, um, I mean, here's a, here's a flop recently, you know, my wife wanted to do a tea business. So we opened up a tea shop uh, here in San Diego. She loves tea. We bought gallons of tea and um, long story short, we found out that all the different things involved in it and the cost of a tea cup that you, you know, when someone buys tea, how much that costs versus the licensing and all the overhead with the tea shop and all that, when everything comes down to, comes down to play, she's only making a little bit of something, not a whole lot. She's like, I don't know if it's worth it for, you know, whatever else. So it was like, okay, now we have a bunch of tea in the house <laughs> that we're not even going to be using for business. Um, there was the, there was the, uh, oh my gosh, here's a big flop, right? Forbes or Inc. I forgot which one. I think it was Forbes calls me the America's lazy millionaire. They did, they did an article on me. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, they called me America's lazy millionaire. Uh, <laughs> That's wild. And the reason why they, the reason why they call me lazy millionaire because living in San Diego too. Yeah, because the reason why is because we had all these different businesses passive income, and so all that was like passive, right? That's the big thing that Richard Porta talks about is passive and being an investor. So we had real estate, we had restaurants, we had daycares, we had all these different stuff that we had going on. But until the government says, shut everything down, COVID pandemic, mm. everything shut down pronto. So I was like, holy smoke, there goes my cash flow. Nothing coming in. So I was like, uh, I think we need to pull back that article because I'm no longer a lazy millionaire. Now I'm like, you know, losing my, my hair because... At my heyday, not anymore right now, but my heyday, I had close to 600 employees working wow. with me. Um, not anymore, obviously. Um, but after that, it was just like one day, they're all gone. And so that was that was the biggest flop of that aspect is, is, you know what? I didn't have any other options, but just what I had. Even though I had a lot of different options, a lot of different businesses, I was very diversified. But that's how come now I'm really focusing a lot on the online platform, the online business. And so, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's what I am focusing because no matter what, even if it's a pandemic hit again, it can be, still be running. Yeah, absolutely. Man, did you say 600 or 600,000? Uh, no, no, just 600. 600 employees, got it. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So between, um, you said you started flipping homes at 22? 
Yeah, so I flip your home because for 19, 20, 21, 22, I put half of my money on savings. Mm. So we had we had we had a very good amount of money in savings. And from that, that's when we started using the leverage to be able to get, you know, real estate. So buy a home, you know, the, the tradition is to buy a home for you know this for a dollar and then you sell it for five dollars, right? That kind of thing. And so um, as you know, Glenn, the numbers are hopeful. We cannot buy a house for a dollar, but that's just an example. And from that point, that's where it was like, okay, 25 years old. Uh, I think I told you this before. 25 years old, look at my bank account, all the, all the money that we made and all the profits. I was $4 shy of a million dollars in my bank at Bank of America. Mm. And I were asking friends and saying one guy had $3, 1% and $1. I got that $4 <laughs> and went to go and put it in my bank and there you go. One million thirteen, one million dollars and thirteen cents. And I remember that day I was like, I'm a millionaire. But now I gotta go get gas. <laughs> <laughs> so then no longer I was only a millionaire for maybe like 15 minutes um at that time. And then from that point I said, okay, I gotta make sure to hustle. And then I sold game console, that game console, and then you know put the money back in the account and I was over a million. So anyways, but yeah, that that was my journey in that aspect. And yeah. So did, did that became did that become million dollars become like your your net zero your your yeah. standard of where that became you start? that became that, that became my zero. You know they they say is like you know tell someone you have ten million in the bank, they'll run up and down and say oh my god yay, but tell that to Elon Musk and he'll probably commit suicide. You know what I mean because it's like ten million dollars is all relative. So money is all relative, right? It's not necessarily like. Someone says, oh, man, I'm so poor. I'm so broke. I only have 5000 in the bank. And oh, my gosh. But yet people in India will be like, I wish I had that in the bank. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so so really what it comes down to it, this is what I teach my clients, is that wealth is important. Yes, it gives you power, gives you uh, choices. But reality, keep in mind, it's all relative. It's just a number. It's just a number. Because to one person, it's a lot of money. To another person, it's not. Yeah. So... So I keep it in mind, it's all relative and it really comes down to wealth as a mindset. Mm. Yeah. So talk to us about mindset. What's mindset? Mindset is the aspect of the process of the way you think. Bob Proctor says thoughts are things. The Bible says in Matthew 9, 29, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. So meaning that that's both the spiritual Christian you know, religion, and then there's the the world, which is you know science would say, is thoughts are things, and then Bible Matthew nine twenty nine, and so that comes down to a belief system of what you have in your mind. In my book, <laughs> plug in my book, uh, Success is All BS. I talk about whatever you believe. Belief is your thought process, your mindset. Whatever it is you believe is how you behave, and how you behave is who you become. And so if you want to know your future, look at your mind, look at where you're at in your mental state. And so if your state of mind is like, oh my gosh, things are horrible, things are you know crashing down in front of me, your behavior becomes things are horrible, things are crashing down on you. And then your future becomes things are horrible, things are crashing down on you. So that's both in the spirit, in, in the natural way, in, in the world, what Bob Proctor would say, but the new age would say thoughts are things. And in the Bible, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. Matthew 9, 29. So whatever you're thinking is where your life's going to be headed. And so, so it's all mindset. Money is a mindset. If you don't have a mindset, you have a poverty mindset. Oh, this, this is the this is a big thing that I 
I really hammer on, I can tell right there and then from meeting someone if they're going to be very successful or not is their mindset. If they say, oh, you know, they're very, they're very, they're very stingy with their money and they're very tight with their money. That's a person who will never achieve success. Because if you think about it, a water flowing in where you're receiving money, but not putting out money, um, that, that, that's, that's a, that's, that's a, a recipe for this, a disaster. Listen to this. The Dead Sea is a Dead Sea because there's a river flowing in, but there's no river flowing out. The water that's received by the Dead Sea and it's salty, it's dead. Everything around it and everything around in it is dead. But if there was an outlet for that Dead Sea, had it in, in river flowing in and a river flowing out, it becomes living water, right? That's the sea. What do we call a living body of water? is a current. And what do we call money? Currency. Money is meant to move. If money is just sitting in your bank and it's not it's not moving, it's, it's you're going to be dead. But people don't like to think that. They like to think, I need to hold on to my money. I need to save it. I need to hold on to grasp it. And that's a poor way of thinking about it. Yeah. And uh, especially, say, uh, growing up uh, Christian, myself, seven Adventist, um, in very humble beginnings, um, I saw a lot of, um, my dad was a preacher and some of the sermons were about say meek or, you know, the meek mm -hmm. shall inherit the earth um, and verses like that. Uh, it, it, it took, it, it took a, a hypnosis and NLP to, uh, to kind of like have a new mindset for me um, 20 mm. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> And um, yeah, and for me, I think what worked out very well, besides you know uh, Proverbs, my favorite book in the Bible, uh, was tithing. So tithing for sure uh, really felt like uh, you know things worked well uh, because I did that. Plus, followed Proverbs um, as much as I could. And um, and modern in the modern way, ways of of you know yeah. of of the the teachings we're now living you know two thousand years ago with the customs of two thousand years ago right uh, but yeah so a lot of what you're saying here makes makes a lot of sense um, so the title of your book you said BS why is it BS so the title of my book is called Success is All BS. And the reason why it's BS, it stands for belief systems. Success is all belief systems. And so, um, I'm sorry, were you drinking out of a vase? Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and you have, you have little things floating behind you. So it's like, wow, very, very on brand. I love it. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. I, yeah. I would be outside all day long with all the, you know, electronics here, but yeah, Since, you know, having made that happen, I bring the outside in as much oh, as possible. Oh, that's amazing! So, <laughs> very good. Sorry, I digress. Um, so yeah, belief is all BS because I mean, uh, sorry, success is all BS because it's all about belief systems. Yeah, belief systems for sure. And you talked about belief, behave, become. I love that. Yes. Um, reminds me of of you know a subject that I've been digging into a lot in the last say six years, which is habits. Uh, okay. Or habit formation. Um, first with the book uh, Power of Habit, and then mm. uh, with the, the, the 
the Atomics Habit by James Clear. Right. Um, but yeah, amazing. I love how, you know, at 25 years old, which was, uh, what, 10, 12 years ago? I think about so, yeah. Yeah, you 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 made your uh, zero, your bank account, zero be, uh, you know, a million dollars. I think that's remarkable, very inspiring. And, um, you know, part of, part of me feels like sometimes it may be easier to make a bunch of money like younger, younger at a younger age before, I guess, um, you know, having too many opinions that it couldn't be done. And uh, so, for instance, I got to, when I was 24, yeah, I did my first real, real estate deal. I had a mentor teaching me and I was teaching my friends how to do it, um, even though I hadn't done it because I was practicing also hypnotherapy. I was hypnotizing myself. Nice. And the first time we did uh, driving for dollars. Have you ever heard of the term? Drive, yeah, drive yeah, for yeah, dollars? yeah. Okay. First time I was like, guys, let's go get in the car drive for dollars so we drove just like the subdivision next next to where i used to live in orlando and uh, i said look for tall grass you know property that needs some repairs and uh, we found one so pull up to it you know um, went and knocked on the door and asked the, the person hey do you do you know anyone in the area that who might be wanting to sell their home looking to buy a home here in this area and uh, not being direct to the person say, yeah, this one is my brother's. He already moved out. He's, he's already out of state and I'm just here picking up some things. I'll be leaving soon. You want to talk to him on the phone? I said, yeah, of course. So talk to him on the phone, agreed on a price. And, um, and that was the first time, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't know if you read The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, but there's like a beginner's luck um, aspect uh, yeah. to that. Uh, and man, and I feel like sometimes it happens to young people. Um, there's a sense of saying faith, like mm. just this belief that it's kind of like, you know what? I'm going to believe this, right? I'm going to believe it. I'm going to act as if it's true. And, you know, God is with me or the universe has yes. my back. And man, you know, that was the first deal. And I love it. And, you know, um, so sometimes, you know, the, the cart comes before the horse, sometimes the horse, horse before the cart, and there are different personalities. I'm sure for, not for everyone, you know, that would work. But if you're listening, watching, you know, take what you can from this conversation, because, you know, whether it's you that need to hear what we're talking about here, what Stephen is sharing, or it might be your kids. Yeah. Like your kids might be, you know, the next generation. See, uh, me coming to the U.S. 17 years old, I was able to bring my father two years later because I had mm. a small business and I hired him. Yes. Here, dad, I have bought a second truck. Uh, catering business, you, you know, you use this truck. Nice. So I was able to bless my father um, after he blessed me, you know, for, for 17 years. Um, wow, yeah. So, you know. Amazing. So yeah, let me let me go back to you. And and if there's something that you want to leave the listeners and the viewers with, what would that one thing be? Yes, you mentioned about the aspect of it's for the young people, whatever else. You know, the aspect of taking that risk. Um, I would say is that keep in mind that age is just a number, 
uh harrison ford was a you know he's a big time actor right he was a carpenter at 30 years old jk rowling who is the creator of uh of um harry potter yeah. at 28 years old you know jk was a was a she was a suicidal parent living in a trailer on welfare Oh, wow. At thirty, at thirty years old, Martha Stewart was a stockbroker. Thirty-nine years old is when Julia Childs did her first time cooking. At thirty-nine years old, she was never always a cook. At wow. fifty-one years old, Julia Julia Childs had her first cooking show. Stan Lee, the creator of the comic book series, right? Stan Lee, mm-hmm. uh, he didn't start his com- he didn't start drawing until he was forty years old. Wow. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson had his very first movie role at. 46 and keep in mind Vero Wang Vero Wang was a failed Olympic skater a skater um, but didn't get a, didn't get the role as editor-in-chief of Vogue and didn't start designing a wedding dress until she was 40. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is the aspect of like age is just a number. Yeah. So if you're out there, you're like, well, darn, I'm not in my twenties no more. I can't do this. No, you can. And it's mm-hmm. still possible. It's just a matter of changing the mindset. Yeah. Your entire life can change in a matter of a moment like that, as long as you change the mind frame. So that is the big takeaway I would love to leave today is that no matter where you're at in life, you're the, you're the decider of your destiny. It's all in your hands and it's all a matter of making the right choices. Mm. Fantastic. Very inspiring. And then there's the KFC guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's 76 years old is when he actually started KFC. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. And Rocky also, I think he got so many notes for so long for his right. He's right. like, no, I'm going to play. I am the main character. I'm not selling the script. Exactly. 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 <laughs> so he got Awesome. Cool. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for, you know, coming on the show and sharing your wisdom, knowledge. Uh, of course. There, I have so many other questions, even though, sorry, you know, running out of time today, but maybe we can do a part two and then we can do, go a little bit more into tactics and strategies to share Love with it. the audience on some of those uh, businesses, um, especially after, you know, you had a chat with your mentor saying, hey, you are a glorified servant. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe two hundred thirteen thousand dollars at six at nineteen years old as a teenager. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it so much. Cool. Awesome. All right. Bye, everybody. Take care.